Welcome to Successful Aging, the podcast designed to introduce you to industry professionals who will share information and resources related to aging. I'm your host, Judy Porter, the Development Director from the Nashua Senior Activities Center. Let's get started. Welcome, listeners, to Successful Aging, the podcast of the Nashua Senior Activities Center, meant to give you information and resources to help you with the aging process. Today, our guest is David Teed, and he is the care coordinator for Easter Seals in Manchester, New Hampshire. He is a wealth of information. Uh, David is a Navy veteran has done elementary school teaching. He was a veteran liaison for hospice for five years, which is how he crossed paths with the Nashua Senior Center. And we got to know him very well. So we are thrilled to be able to have him on air. And he's going to, we're going to discuss some of the home care that the Easter Seals offer. Welcome, David. Welcome, Judy. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are very welcome. I think Easter Seals, that name is a very well-known name, but I do not think that most people know that Easter Seals has home care. So I I think we can really educate our listeners today on a wealth of things. So what type of home care does Easter Seals offer? Is it a full range? Is it medical and non-medical? Sure. Um, It really varies by region, Judy. Um, I cover Manchester and the surrounding towns, and then we have four other care coordinators that each cover their own uh, distinct areas throughout New Hampshire. Um, Really the easiest way I find to break it down in explaining it is there's like three different aspects of it. There's a homemaker, there's personal care, and then there's LNA. Um, So the easiest way to explain it, I found when people call in um, to avoid the confusion is a homemaker is there to just do that. They're there to help with errands around the house, provide companionships, go out for walks, uh, stuff like that. Um, They're hands off. They're not gonna touch the person in any way, shape or form, okay? Um, The next step would be a personal care person. Um, they're there. They can also do the homemaking component and the companionship, but they also can do assisting with, you know, uh, getting in and out of bed, using the the restroom, showering and stuff like that. And then the final one would be the LNA, which would be more medically based, um, but not to the level of a nurse, but they're there to do you know, assistance with getting in and out of bed if they have to use a Hoyer lift or, you know, a little bit more medical stuff, um, but not to the level of uh, a, uh, a nurse. So if you needed assistance taking medication, mm-hmm. what level would that be? Um, any of them could do it. It's just they, depending on what you want, like a medication reminder would be a homemaker. Um, none of our people can actually administer the medication 
for you. They can they can be there and kind of just watch you do it, but they can't administer the medication. Okay, so they could help you arrange the the vials right. and make sure you that get, you get your vials. Make sure you read the labels right. Set up your pill pack type stuff. If you had like the little pop top things that said Sunday through Saturday, you know, it can help you count them out and put them in there and make sure you're taking them at the meals. Yeah, our people could do that, but they, you know, they can't actually administer the medication to uh, the person. So with each different type of care, is there a minimum number of hours that someone needs to commit to? Um, generally, this is a very popular question we get. Um, Easter Seals works in, in conjunction with a lot of uh, agencies throughout New Hampshire, uh, like Gateways, Moore Center, Crotchet Mountain, Brain Injury Association, all of that. Um, so there's really funding wise, it can get overly complicated, but I like to kind of make it simple for people. Um, so for most of your people that come to the senior center, they're more independent. Um, so they would be looking more than likely at doing what would be called a private pay. Um, so theirs would be a two hour a week minimum that they would have to do. And it would be, it's at uh, $26 an hour, okay? If they want to pursue, they can look to go through Medicaid under a program called Choices for Independence. If they do that, what happens is they get assigned a case manager at a different agency, and then that case manager reaches out to organizations such as ours, such as Easter Seals, and they try to find the hours for that person. So Medicaid would determine the amount of hours that that person would need and the level of care that that person would need, where if they did it privately, uh, myself or one of our fellow care manage, care coordinators would come out and determine, you know, based on a conversation with the family and the individual, what level of care they were looking for and how many hours they wanted to do. They could do as many as they want as a private pay, but again, it would be a private pay, where if you did the Medicaid version, Medicaid would set the hours and then we would staff to fill those hours. So they would tell us they've got 10 hours a week. How, how do we want to go and do that? Then we would try to match the people up with our uh, providers that would go out and do those hours. And if they needed to increase, we would have to look to Medicaid to tell us how many hours they could increase, where if they were private and say the person you know, started out with maybe three days a week, two hours a day. And then as let's say they had Alzheimer's or something and they, you know, the disease progressed and they needed a little bit more care, the family could determine how much more care they wanted. They wouldn't have to go through a case manager at, uh, you know, Medicaid. So under the umbrella of home care, does Easter Seals get involved in any palliative care or hospice or is it strictly home care? It's strictly home care. We do work in conjunction with a palliative care uh, company. Um, we actually, what would happen is usually 
we would, for example, have somebody on services and let's say um, their health started to decline and their provider would communicate with one of the care managers and we would talk with the family and, you know, discuss if they needed and we would have um, a palliative care come out and do a consult and we would still work in conjunction with them. Um, but we as ourselves as an agency do not have that capacity to do palliative or hospice, but we still can work in conjunction um, with another agency that does that. Which is, which is wonderful because you have those connections already. So the family is not looking right. for that themselves. Right. So that's one of the big things, even back when I was working with, you know, you out there at the senior center, we would really try to encourage people to, you know, take advantage of all of that care that's out there instead of waiting. Um, one of the biggest things I remember from hospice, and I see it now, I get calls every day that, you know, people wait to the point that they're overwhelmed. And then they're just like, I need someone, I need them now. And it, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Um, it, it does take time to, you know, get people enrolled and try to find a, a nice placement, a good match for the type of services they were looking for. And then hopefully we have people available. You know, it's um, for me personally in the Manchester area, I have a waiting list, unfortunately, you know, where these case managers or private pay people call me up and they're looking for services for their grandmother, grandfather, husband, wife, and tell them, hey, I've got to put you on a waiting list. And as soon as one of my providers comes available, I start, you know, using my list and looking. And, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to get on a list. I'm like, okay, well, when you call me back in two weeks, you might have missed out on those people that I had available. And now you're still waiting. <laughs> um, so Absolutely. It, that gets not, back to the it, caregiver shortage that's going right. on. Well, it's a critical shortage, you know, throughout the state. It's not It's not just us as a company. Even back when I was with hospice, it's just such a challenge to find the, the caring people that are going to be committed to doing this type of work. You know, it's not like when I interview people, I have to stress with them, you know, it's not like you're working at an office or a department store to where, if, you know, your tummy hurts today, you can call in for the next three days. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. The, the people that you are visiting, oftentimes you're the only social outlet that they have or the only person that can come help them, you know, in some cases, get out of bed in the morning. You know, if the person's getting that level of care, if you don't show up, that person's not getting out of bed today, you know, and they're, they're not getting help. So um, it's, it's, it's tough to find the, you know, the quality people that are going to have that level of commitment day in and day out to do this, to do the work. Now, how do you know, um, what's the screening process that you go through with an employee? So how does a family know the person coming to their home has been vetted and is trustworthy? Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, you know me, and I'm not an easy person to, to interview with. Um, so basically, um, we do have obviously uh, certain criteria aside from just the base interview that 
the care managers would do. Um, you know, we go through a very thorough process. They have to do a criminal background check, a motor vehicle background check they have to pass in order to do that. Um, and, you know, then they go out on top of it and actually have a peer monitor them for at least a week, if not more, depending on the need of the person. But generally within a week, we're able to tell if this is the right profession for them. The peer, you know, will make sure they know how to do everything um, required of them. And, um, you know, if there's any issues, you know, we, we would talk about it and kind of resolve that. Um, but we do a very decent, I'd like to think a very decent job as an organization between HR of the recruiting process of going through and, you know, looking at all the background, making sure there are no issues. So, um, you know, we're not going to send somebody into your home that is not going to have your best interests and, you know, in, at heart and they have any kind of history of anything, then they're not going to make it through the screening process. It wouldn't so even get through. Say that I am interested in becoming a homemaker or a, a caregiver. Mm -hmm. Why would I choose Easter Seals as opposed to some other agency? Um, sure. Um, well, the first one, I, the way that I like to look at it, um, Judy, is um, if you're not set, I'm going to say this weird, it's going to sound strange, but if you're not set that you're going to stay in New Hampshire, Easter Seals is a national company. So the benefit in that one regard is, you know, transferability to another state because you've already, you're already doing the job. Um, number two um, is the different levels at which we can bring people in and the amount of support and benefits that are available to them. Um, we have quite a variety of flexible options um, as far as someone that wanted to work for us, they could do a per diem where they kind of set their own hours and there's no minimum. Um, there would be part-time and then full-time. And at even at the per diem level, you're open to all the Easter Seals programs through like Employee Connect, which has a lot of benefits um, for you as an associate. And then at part-time, you start getting, you know, holidays and paid time off and a couple more benefits. And then at full-time, which is at 30 hours, it really opens up to all the benefits that are available through Easter Seals. And then you, again, have, as opposed to a smaller local company, you have a national company. So your uh, benefit rates would be a little, you know, obviously more affordable in that regard because it is a larger company. Um, the, I think that the nice part about it is the uh, having worked for a couple of different companies, um, we have a uh, monthly uh, town hall meeting right now. We've been doing them Zoom. Uh, they used to be in person. Um, you know, we try to get everyone together at least once a month to do something fun. That was all pre-COVID. Uh, now it's you know we get we have a the meeting. Uh, once a month, we do a morning and an afternoon session. We bring in uh, speakers that talk about stuff that pertains to providers. Uh, we did last month was uh, palliative care, uh, how to consult and work with your consumers to see if they think they might be in need of having that. Um, before that, we did one about um, 
advanced directives for the consumers so they could uh, and for the providers themselves. And we would, you know, tell people, hey, if you want to do this, we have it. You, know, you can fill it out, bring it in here, we'll notarize it. And then you have an advanced directive um, for yourself in case something happens. Um, so a lot of people don't realize stuff like that. So we try to offer uh, stuff like that monthly to our, the, the uh, providers that are out there working. And then the HR department puts out a newsletter called Employee Connect, which highlights all the activities and uh, charitable fundraising and all the little stuff that they do on a um, weekly basis. So that's also nice. Um, you know, we have uh, wellness programs for all the employees, even if they come in as a per diem that they could participate in. Um, such as right this month, we're actually doing like a Jumanji challenge. Um, you know, so they do different stuff like that to where they earn points for different things and that gets them, you know, different gear. And if they get so many points at the end of the year, they get put into a drawing. I think this year it's for a big screen TV or something. Okay. So say I'm interested that, that this sounds like a wonderful um, opportunity. Yeah. And um, I some background. How do I reach out to Easter Seals to sure. apply for a job? Um, the easiest way would just to be go on our website, which is EasterSealsNH.org. Um, that would list all the positions uh, available throughout the company, not just uh, in the uh, homemakers and the senior services department. Um, and my direct one, if you're interested, would just be D. Teed, T-E-E-D, at EasterSealsNH.org, and I'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, if you weren't in my region and you were considering uh, becoming a homemaker, I could definitely get your information and get you in touch with the person, uh, the care manager in your area that would be able to answer some more questions that you might have and arrange an interview with you. The nice part about it, Shirley, uh, Shirley, I just called you Shirley. I'm so sorry. I, I, I know you did. I know you did. Uh, Judy, Judy, that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the nice part about it, Judy, is um, the flexibility. So for a lot of my caregivers in the Manchester area um, are people that, um, you know, are of retirement age and they they don't want to sit at home. They, they want to, they're still very mobile, very agile, very outgoing, caring people. And they still have, they want to give and they want to help and they want to do stuff and give them a sense of belonging and accomplishment that they've done something, you know, positive and helped people uh, during the day. And, you know, I've got, I have one lady, she was my uh, employee of the month last month and she's 80 years old you know and she's working she sees two or three people a day every day you know and she's still chugging along you know and she just loves it you know so the other part too is people kind of worry about you know i'm not good with technology i don't know how to do all this stuff and you know uh, how am i not going to report and how am i going to see you um we're here to help uh, we're not going to just give you people and throw you out there and say, good luck. Um, you know, uh, you're going to have all the training you need and your care manager is always going to be there to call and help you through stuff. 
We have a fantastic uh, human resources department that you can reach out to and they can walk you through any issues that you have. We also have a tremendous uh, computer and IT department that would help with any technology issues. Uh, you can bring your laptop in, you can bring your phone in and they can help you set up and figure out what you're doing wrong and walk you through it. A lot of my providers call me and ask me to do that. And I'm like, you're talking to the wrong person. Let me get you in touch with the people that know what they're doing. Because um, I call them every day. You know, they're just, they, that's what they do. They, you know, they specialize in that. So they're very good about helping people. Um, Let's you know, flip this around a little bit. Say I'm looking for care for a loved one. Yep. Who would I reach out to in Easter Seals? Uh, me. <laughs> okay. so let's give them your phone number and your email again david yeah um so the reason i say that is just it would be easier for me to get the information and then Absolutely. get them to who they wanted to if they weren't in the manchester area so my direct phone number would be 603-621-3483 my name is dave and the last name is teed t is in tom eed like you cheat up a golf ball um and my email would be dteed at eastersealsnh.org. Um, and if I'm out, which I sometimes am because I cover you know, all the towns that surround Manchester, I, I get back to you within 24 hours. Um, so if you don't hear from me right away, it would be you know the next morning when I come into work, I check all my messages and my emails and return all my calls. And then I check them at the end of the day before I leave the office. So I'm not gonna leave you out there, um, you know, hanging. The nice part that I wanna stress with people is it doesn't hurt just to talk to us. And if there's something that we can do to help your loved one, you know, have a higher quality of life, enjoy stuff, get some companionship, be more active, um, that's what we're here for. And, you know, there's no commitment to talk to us. Um, even if you go and like, let's say we do come out and we say, yes, we want to do it. And we sign the paperwork. It's, it's not, it's not binding in any way, shape or form. It just helps us get you into our system. So what would happen after you sign the paperwork is we would start sending some providers out. And if it doesn't work and you just don't like that provider for whatever reason, you don't think they're a good match, you let the care coordinator know. We try to find somebody else um, to come out. And, you know, if after you know a couple of tries, if you know, for whatever reason it's not working, you're just like, okay, this is not for me. There's that's fine. You know, we part ways and you go on your separate way. You can find a different agency. You're not locked into any long-term like gym membership contract or anything like that. Um, so it is really nice. And again, the, the hours vary. I know when we used um, stuff for my dad back in New York, um, we had someone come every day during lunchtime, you know, from 11 to one, just to make sure he's up and around, uh, get him out and make sure he had some lunch and then they left, you know, so this, the schedule is really up to you. We can do Monday through Friday is the normal traditional schedules. Um, we don't do nights. We don't have overnight. We, because it's really hard to staff. Um, we do have some weekends, but they are pretty limited. It's, due to the availability of the providers that are out there. Um, we do have people that get care seven days a week or 
just one day on the weekend, but you know that is a little bit harder to staff. So typically it's a Monday through Friday. Usually most people start around eight and they're you know, eight to five, eight to six, something like that, any variation in there. And, you know, feel free to give me a ring here at Easter Seals and I'm in Manchester at the Auburn Street location. So, you know, I'm happy to come out and meet anybody. And again, if you're in a different area, um, I would get your information onto that care coordinator and they would be reaching out to you to, you know, talk to you and see what your needs were and kind of walk you through the process of what you would need and, you know, how we would staff that. I do have one last question before I let you go, because I know you're really busy. Is there no. <laughs> anything special that is offered for veterans? Um, in our case, we do have a couple of different programs um, for them. A lot of the stuff that is done for veterans would be through the Veterans Count Division of Easter Seals. So we would work in conjunction with them. Um, we do also have uh, staffing uh, for uh, home care. We work with the VA to actually staff people in the homes. So it'd still be the same. You would use Easter Seals, but it would be under a veterans program. Uh, the one thing I did want to mention, which I totally forgot about, um, is a lot of people that makes us unique as an agency is we actually hire a family members to take care of family and we would pay the family member. So you wouldn't have to, if you didn't want to work with total strangers and you had family members that were able to help out and take care of your grandmother, let's say, um, we could hire them as a family member and the only person they would take care of would be that family member, but they would still work for Easter Seals and get all the benefit of working for Easter Seals but they would just be working as a family member with that family member and not oh, that's, with. that's really interesting yeah well, it's a I'm it's a nice remembered that yeah. yeah it's it's a really nice program to where you know the person is already there doing the job so you know why not let easter seals come in and pay you for for doing that you know, so that's a nice way to do it too. If they have something to look at in a lot of cases, I know my sister could have used that, you know, over in New York when she was taking care of my dad all the time, she was there, you know, and it's like, well, why not get paid for doing it? Correct. <laughs> you know? Because frequently so. if you're caretaker for a loved one, you're losing revenue for yourself because you've given up hours at work and things right. like that. So, yeah. um, that is a very unique thing that Easter Seals would be offering. Right. So. And it's, it's a nice way. I just, I had a lady, her mom, they came over from a foreign country and she'd been taking care of her, you know, so I'm like, you know, she went through um, Medicaid, got qualified and um, is getting paid, you know, to take care of the mom for doing what she was already doing. You know, so it was nothing on top of it's not a new job. It's something she's already doing. So it's a job she was performing, but she was performing it uh, right. uncompensated before. So right. it helps ease that financial burden. Because Correct. What you see so many times with families when you have a loved one as the caretaker, uh, the financial burden is significant. Right. Uh, and that's that's the part where even if you you know, and I, I don't want to advocate for other companies, but 
um, you know, care. It's important as a caregiver that you you have to take care of yourself. Um, and a lot of people I hear, unfortunately, that call me on a daily basis is they they wait too long, so they're overwhelmed. And then what happens is they're desperate to get somebody and they get an agency or they get somebody in there and they're not happy with them. And that gives them even more anxiety. Um, so, you know, it's not an easy decision and you really want to take the time and make sure the people that are coming in are going to do what you want them to do. And they're the type of people that you want coming into your house, you know, and how are they held accountable? You know, what's, what's the system? What's your, you know, hate to say it like checks and balances, but how do I know, you know, things are gonna be okay. Um, and it's, it's a challenge, you know, there, there are a lot of home care companies out there that offer different levels of care. Uh, some give more training than others. Uh, some basically let their people out. And, you know, I get calls all the time from companies that, you know, like, oh, I wish we had called you first. I wish I had known Easter Seals had did this because, you know, this company is bad. The person never shows up and, you know, I'm not happy with them and I need somebody and I need them yesterday. I'm like, well, great. I can put you on my waiting list. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be, too, you know. And I think uh, it's really important for our listeners to know that you want to make sure you vet the company you're dealing with. You definitely. want to check their background. You want yeah. to be sure that they are a trustworthy company and you want to be sure that you know how it is that they check the caregivers they're sending to your loved one's home. Yep. Because don't assume just because there's a company out there advertising, you want to be sure they're registered with the state. You want to be sure that they are an okay company for you to deal with. Right. And that's the nice part. I like to say, you know, and you say Easter Seals, like when you opened up, Judy, you know, everybody kind of has heard of us, but they don't realize all the things that we do as a company. I mean, uh, the one way to look at it is, I mean, here in our building in Auburn Street in Manchester, we have early childhood to adult day, you know, and developmental and work assistance programs and veterans programs. And we have centers where, you know, they're residential centers. So we do pretty much everything. Uh, it's a pretty broad spectrum yeah. of services that Easter Seals offers. Yeah. And before I let you go, I'm going to uh, let you give the phone number to our listeners one more time. One, either, more time. one more time. If you're either interested in home care or you're interested in applying for a position at Easter Seals, here is David's number. Okay, so I will get one last plug for us in here too as Easter Seals. Um, right now would be a great time if you're thinking of coming aboard as a provider. Um, we are offering on top of your salary, we're actually doing sign-on bonuses. And um, if you're already working with us, to continue getting bonuses, we have referral bonuses for you to bring other people aboard. So um, we really want to take care of the people that are here because without the providers out there taking care of everybody, um, you know, we wouldn't be here to do what we're doing. You know, um, we service 
you know, I don't have the exact number. I know I have in the Manchester area, you know, well over 50, I have like 60 or 70 providers that I supervise and each of them see two, three, four people, if not more. So there's, a, that's just one area. Um, so again, my numbers, it, my numbers, a way to get a hold of me is Dave Teed, uh, and my phone number is 603-621-3483, and my email is dteed, T-E-E-D, at eastersealsnh.org, and, you know, we're happy to answer any questions that you might have, and, you know, if you're thinking of working for us or if you have a loved one that you need care for, um, you know, feel free to give us a call and we'll be happy to answer your questions. If you're not in my area, I can definitely direct you to someone that is after I answer, you know, the general questions that you would have. Um, and like Judy said, we used to work together for about five years where I'd get to see her smiling face once a month and do our, uh, my veterans <laughs> yes, group with all the veterans that would come to the Nashua Senior Center. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I, I miss being, I miss being out on the road and seeing all the people, but I still get to see people during, you know, in my current capacity, I go out and visit all my consumers and, you know, all my patients that are out there and I come out and do house visits to make sure that you are getting, that you are liking the services that you are getting and, you know, the providers that's coming out are doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and all of our case managers do that, you know, they'll, they're going to reach out to you on the phone at least, you know, at least once a month. And we try to get out to see you a couple times a year. You know, we, all of us have pretty decent sized areas that we try to cover, but we're never more than a phone call away. If you have any problems, um, we're here to help and to you know provide the best care and that we can for your loved ones. Well, thank you for joining us and discussing options in home care and the critical worker shortage today, David. We very mm -hmm. much appreciate you being a guest on Successful Aging. We're up against the clock, so I will say thank <laughs> we you. We always are, Judy. <laughs> always. I will say thank you until next time. All right, stay in touch, okay? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Successful Aging. Till next time, I'm Judy Porter saying, you may have to age, but you don't have to grow old.